You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Dump it off to Barkley and nothing but Pater in front. And Barkley to the end zone and what a drive to start the afternoon for the New York Giants. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football grump, going solo again tonight as Mike is recovering from, you know, whatever. Um, And quite frankly, we're all recovering from a season in collapse. Um, This week, this upcoming Sunday, the Giants take on the Jets at home, but also away at the same time at one o'clock at MetLife, where, you know, much maligned though the Giants may be, the Jets are coming off a very embarrassing loss to the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think that there's a lot of stuff that needs to be said about this upcoming matchup. Um, The first is that the Giants are bad. The Jets are really bad. Awful. Um, there are some things that are not working in their favor, such as injury. Um, this was not the year that they expected. Um, but a lot a lot of those things can be said about the Giants as well. Um, but that may be the case, but it's also very much a losable game for the Giants. Um, They're not playing well. They're not very good. And uh, they don't really have a good coach. (laughs) Uh, I have not been one who's been on the bash the shit out of Shermer bandwagon. Um, But I like to call it as I see it. And, you know, I I didn't like the hire. I've seen nothing about him that seems like a good coach. Um, To me... I think with a good roster, he can be an average coach. There are, there are some who would rather see this team perform badly and have Pat Shermer fired. There were reports, not reports, I guess rumors, that if the Giants manage to lose this game against the Jets, there's a very real chance that he gets fired mid-season or end of the season or whatever. Um... Giants fans shouldn't want that. You know, um, I understand that if they go into next year with a better roster and the same head coach and they perform better but still not good enough that he might stick around for a long time and while he may be the problem, it just delays a bunch of years and rookie contracts expire, talent goes out the window and blah, 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 blah. I get all of that. But... I think that there are cutting your losses with playing talent is not the same as cutting your losses with GM head coach direction to a certain extent coordinators as well. You have a rookie quarterback that you do not want to throw into a new offensive system second year. You know, you have a a 3-4 defense. You, I've heard people talk about, oh, well, now that we have Leonard Williams, we can go to a 4-3. What? No, no, no. This was a tear down and rebuild. I mean, completely. They've got themselves themselves a, a new quarterback and a running back 
to build around. Everything else is fluid, but those two people are irreplaceable at this time. So that's your offense right there, and you don't want to fuck with that. And getting a new offensive coordinator, or maybe not a new offensive coordinator, but as Shermer is both head coach and offensive coordinator, you don't want to introduce a new language and scheme and all that shit by, by getting rid of him. You'd rather make it work with him if you can. Defensively, they have completely reshifted everything. And I know the linebackers are bad and it's a 3-4 and blah, 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 blah. But switching from a 4-3 to a 3-4 is a massive undertaking. And you just did that a year ago. To switch back now is a whole other roster overhaul on the front half. Give it time. I mean, I know... We go over this every fucking week, but I know that they were sold a win now bill of goods while we're rebuilding. You have to know when things are coach speaking when they're not and just look at what you're seeing. I mean, this is a completely new defense. I mean, from from two years ago, you have Janoris Jenkins and who else on the roster? We, we we want to see the progress here. And that being said, you know, they, they we want to see a win. Um, a lot of this was all stirred up from a report that came out today uh, from Matt Lombardo and then was picked up by Pro Football Talk that Pat Shermer held a closed-doors, stern meeting with the players saying that the players need to play better or something along those lines. Either play better or sit on the bench. And the story was written in a way to imply that Pat Shermer should listen to his own advice. I can't argue with that, right? And I won't. But what I will say is, how does a coach coach better if players aren't playing better? I mean, like, being a good coach is having that meeting. I, I, I don't know... Sure, that's a, that's a fine point to make, but to say that the problems start and end with the coach is silly. I mean, if you have a bunch of players playing well and poor decisions are actively the, the thing losing the game, then you have a point. But this is not the case. It's not. I know people want to say that because it's so... It seems like a quick fix to just oh all we need is a new coach and we're we're pretty good. No, that's not what we're ha- what, what what's happening here. Um, this is still year two of a rebuild. It's, it's going to take some time. Um, but to me, holding that meeting and holding players accountable for their mistakes, I mean, two tight ends running the exact same route, you know, that could be any number of issues, but for certain, that's a player issue. Now, whether the, the, the play wasn't learned by the, the players, there was miscommunication at the line, there was miscommunication in the huddle, whatever the case may be, if the play was drawn up like that, coach's fault. I seriously doubt it. Therefore, it's the player's fault on some level. Um, You know, if they're not practicing that play enough or something like that, then yeah, I guess you can lean it closer to a coaching mistake or whatever. But at the end of the day, that falls on the player's. Players not playing well is a problem. Everybody needs to take a step back and understand where this team is. This is a team that should not in any way be competing with the Dallas Cowboys this year. And they did for 
I, I mean, I understand, and I, I, I said it on uh, earlier that whatever Tuesday's podcast, whatever day, I that that really Dallas that 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 game showed more than anything bad coaching on Dallas's part, and I, I stick to that. But at the same time, you know, Giants hung in there, playing badly, they still managed to hang in there. They didn't deserve to hang in there, and they shouldn't be hanging in there. Um, this is a team that should be beating the Detroit Lions and Arizona Cardinals. Yes, I'm with you there. And uh, quite frankly, it's a team that should be beating the New York Jets. Um, So that's kind of where we're at. Fans need to understand that. Now, here's the problem. Winning Sunday does nothing for this team in terms of A, fan perspective, B, ownership perspective, or uh, C, overall direction of team okay because because this is a game that they should win they need to win they have to win this game and when they win it's like well it's just the jets you know and that's not an unfair assessment when i say it like that it's true this is a game that they have to win that they should win um but losing this game does everything i mean it really calls into question how poorly they're playing, how poorly they're being coached, etc. So this game can only harm this team. Now, you know, it's it's important for it speaks to more than a winning level, but you know, winning instills confidence in the players. It allows them to you know build on that and and believe in a system. You know, it can work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, it's important on a play-by-play level, you know, for Daniel Jones. I mean, if, if they win this game handing off to Saquon Barkley for 100 plays and he scores 100 points, that does nothing really for Daniel Jones. Um, but, you know, it's the, the little things, him, uh, you know, calling the right plays, making the right throws, wisely spending his time in the pocket, moving in the pocket, those things, the things that he needs to work on and be successful at those little things will do a lot in this game. This is the game to iron that shit out. This is also the game, you know, hopefully you build up enough of a lead for Sam Beal to get some time out there at corner. Remember, he hasn't practiced in two years. So active or he may not be active on Sunday, but if he is, he may not play defense. He may only be special team. He may not play at all. But if you get a lead, throw him in there. Take Janoris Jenkins out, you know? Let's see how he does. Those are kind of the bigger things about this game. Now, the more mundane, it's mundane because it doesn't matter. Neither of these teams are playing for the playoffs. But the in-game things here, I mean, Sterling Shepard is out. Evan Ingram has a mid-foot sprain um, that they are not at this time calling a Liz Frank injury. Um, Big issue with uh, John Jalapio. Mike Remmer is not practicing. So, I mean, that's that's two-fifths of your offensive line that already isn't playing very well. Although I'm not sure there's a massive drop-off between Jalapio and Pulley. Um, behind Mike Remmers is Eric Smith, I think, or something like that. Doesn't matter. Not not, not Nothing to write home about. Um, we'll see about that. But on the flip side, I mean, the New York Jets... 
injury report could be written on a scroll. A roll of toilet paper would have to be fully unrolled to to it's like the whole roster. In fact, every starter on the offensive line is listed in some way, shape, or form on the injury report. Ryan Khalil is out. I mean, it, 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 they haven't announced it, but he did not practice all week with the knee. He didn't play last week. You know, every player on the every starting starter on the offensive line is injured in some way. If the Giants' defensive line, which is probably the most stacked part of the defense of of playing now talent. Um, can't take advantage of that, then I don't know what that says about James Betcher and whoever is the defensive line coach. That that speaks volumes to that. That should be handled. That being said, they need to do more in the run game than just stalemate. And the reason is because of the type of runner that Le'Veon Bell is. Le'Veon Bell will patiently wait for any crease to appear and accelerate through it. They need to win the line of scrimmage. They need to push uniformly across the line of scrimmage, blow up the play um, in the run game. The the, the passing game, if we don't see a pass rush in this game, I I really am not sure what the fix is. I mean, I would have to say that it calls into question the scheme. Uh, and that's because the talent there, the, the the difference should be enough. Um, it, it scheme or or defensive line coaching, whatever. I mean, they should be winning hand fight battles in the trenches. Anyway, uh, <laughs> defensively for the Jets, C.J. Mosley, probably their second best defensive player, maybe third best behind Quinn and Williams. We'll see. Um, is out. He hasn't really played in a while. Uh, this team is so bad. This might be the worst secondary in the league. I'm not sure. And, which is saying something because they might have the best safety in the league. <laughs> um, but they're, they're really not good. And what that says to me is I want to see not only a win, but I want to see patience in the pocket i want to see receivers getting separation i want daniel jones making the right throws making the right reads the biggest matchup in this whole game that i'm watching and it's a it's a big one it's going to be a tough one it's daniel jones versus greg williams greg williams dick though he may be he's going to throw the kitchen sink at a rookie quarterback now last week when the jets played the dolphins they played an average talent quarterback with a good quarterback's mind. I mean, everything in the line of scrimmage, Ryan Fitzpatrick does pretty well. The decisions he makes when he's running around and whatever, you know, that we it's a different story. But as far as identifying the defense, doing the film work, knowing where the pressure is coming from, is he's on another planet than Daniel Jones right now. And that's going to be a big step for him. If Daniel Jones is able to, you know, set up the blocking correctly, understand what he's looking at, he's done the film work, he he sees it, that's a massive step for him. That, to me, is is more... If he misses the throw, but he has all that stuff right, that's a win. You know, that's a rookie quarterback win. Um, That's going to be huge, because... 
Greg Williams is great at hiding where pressure is coming from, getting the most out of his players. He's got a, a a guy like Jamal Adams that he can send off the edge, send as a free safety, use him as a strong safety, use him as a linebacker. I mean, he can he can move him around like a chess piece, you know. And that's not going to be easy for Daniel Jones to to figure out. Um, on the flip side, I know I talked a little bit about the defense already and the, and the pressure, but. I would like to see something better out of the secondary versus a, a decent duo of wide receivers in Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder. Jason, Jamison Crowder is actually probably the most talented wide receiver on this team. He's not really a number one, but um, he probably gets open the most consistently throughout his whole career, including his time at Duke. Um, you know, Robbie Anderson's your, your deep threat. And then you have Demarius Thomas, who's clinging to life. Uh, but, Acting as that third receiver where he's just got to get open and, you know, savvy receiver, reliable hands, you know. So it's it's a good crop there. They have a decent tight end, you know, a guy who's playing pretty well, Ryan uh, Griffin. What I would like to see is them not open. <laughs> not not going into open spots in the zone. Uh, and... Quite frankly, I'd like to see the pressure getting to Sam Darnold before these guys can play street ball and just kind of find a soft spot or, or you know, have enough time to make any quarterback corner uh, struggle. I guess the moral of the story here is this, the Giants need to win this game, and it will mean nothing when it does, and I... I I can't see them losing this one. I can't. I can't see it. And it, it better not happen. And and before anyone goes off the rails, I'm not a big Giants versus Jets guy. I could I could care less. I forget they exist half the time. And it's not that's not animosity. It's just they're not in my way, you know? They're not a problem, you know. Uh they're not in the division, they're not in the conference, they're never an issue. We've never met in the Super Bowl, which would be the only playoff time we would. Um, it, it To me, there's no rival. I mean, my, my sister, my, my in-laws are Jets fans. My other sister in Jets fans. A bunch of people I work with are Jets fans. I don't, it doesn't, they don't bother me. So this isn't anything like they need to win this game because of the rivalry and blah, blah, blah. No, there's no rivalry here. This is simply a bad team that they need to beat. They need to beat them because they're bad. They need to be above this level. Unfortunately, I don't really predict this game to be a win that it should be. This should be a 40-burger and we start benching players. You know, uh, I don't see that. I think that Daniel Jones is going to have his struggles against Greg Williams. Um, but I think they'll figure it out. And I think the Jets are bad enough that... Um, the Giants are going to be able to score some points. Uh, defensively, I don't think we're good enough to consistently stop a bad offense. And I think that we're going to have trouble dealing with Le'Veon Bell. And occasionally, a Jamison Crowder is going to slip through. And uh, I think the Jets are going to move the ball a little bit. I think they're going to have trouble scoring, though. So I think that this game ends 28-20 to with a Giants win. I know that that's a high... <laughs> it's a pretty high score for the Giants, but... You know, it's another thing 
this Jets team really might be quitting. So if they're losing by the fourth quarter, they do something stupid. I mean, we saw a safety last week with a bad snap. Um, this could really be one of those things where Barkley just gets a crease, outruns one guy, and then everybody else just gives up and lets him score. So that I mean, that's that's what I think. Uh, I mean, I hope I'm right. Uh, either way, um, the Cranky Fan will be back with me Monday night, recording for your Tuesday episode, following up on this game. Uh, he's not really doing anything other than resting right now. So if you follow him on Instagram, you probably know that. But if you don't follow him on Instagram, he'll be tweeting soon, I'm sure. Uh, you know, Saturday, he's got his Florida Gators. So um, he is at the Cranky Fan on Twitter. And uh, he's all things. So, you know, Florida Gators, New York Giants, New York Knicks, Tampa Bay Lightning. So. Uh, good follow, smart analysis, smart ass remarks, which is always good in my book. And I'm I'm pretty much the same way at football underscore grump, except I am specifically NFL football. Nah, I'm specifically football, but I'll weigh in on some college stuff here and there. Um, and as always, this podcast has its own Twitter at Just Giants Pod and is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, etc. So. If it's not on your favorite podcast app, just let us know on Twitter or some other means, I guess. Call us. I don't know. Do you have our number? That's weird. Uh, but let us know and we'll make sure it's there for you. Um, we're all about convenience. In any case, I hope you guys are watching Sunday, but also staying home and relaxing like I am instead of enduring the shit fest crowd that this is. And by the way, Giants versus Jets is a worse crowd than Giants-Eagles at MetLife anyway. I've seen some real inhumane behavior by uh, supposed sports fans. Uh, I, if we were good, I'd risk this game. We're not, uh, so I'm not. And and Cranky Fan's not feeling well, so I'm not going to do it by myself. In any case, I hope you guys are watching Sunday and relaxing, and I hope we all get to talk about a Giants win and no injuries come Monday where I will see you again. So let's go, Giants.